Love the series that you're in, Foodie, and I got to listen to some of those installments. Uh, of course, Pastor Herbert on True Worship and then last week around, around the idea of family dinner. So I want to stay along with that theme, and I want to talk for a few minutes around the idea of plenty to go around, plenty to go around. So again, it's an honor for myself. Zig, one of our team members here at Church Highlands, is with me. So let's all pray. Father, we love you. Thank you for this amazing church. We thank you, Lord, that you're speaking to people's hearts. Lord, what a great time of worship and all the things that are happening with children. And Lord, thank you for a growth track that, that just helps people to take a step, Lord. Some of us, what we need is just the next step. And Lord, I just pray you'd help us today. Lord, I thank you at the close of this, our time together, Lord, there are many people that are going to invite Jesus into their heart. And Lord, we just pray that out of that, we'll find connection and through small groups and community and serving and loving. So thank you for your presence here. Thank you for our pastors. Lord, bless them. Thank you that they're a gift to the body of Christ. They're a gift to each of us. We love you. We love you. In Jesus' name, everybody said a good amen. I want you to turn to the person next to you and say, I'm glad you made it to church today. Come on, look at the other person that was your second choice. Tell them, you look like you could use some church, my friend. My friend. Delenna and I, we, we both come from a big, bigger family. She comes from a Louisiana family. All her, her daddy cooks, her mama cooks. They're they big cookers, and we cook. They, I come from an Italian family. We cook, we eat, we go after. We don't know how to even cook for a small group. I, I think all of our recipes are six to eight people. My, my, me and my wife just at home by ourselves. We, we still cook it for that. It's just a habit. And, and you know, and, and matter of fact, she called me yesterday. They're down at the lake. They cook hamburgers and pork chops. Come on, can't do one meat. You gotta have two meats and then you know like homemade ice cream and brownies and, and uh, I'm like Lord so we, we like that we're just gonna do a lot we're gonna we're gonna enjoy ourselves and and you know we planted a church in Louisiana uh, goodness 25 years ago served there 20 years and now in Birmingham but uh, we, we just we kept big families we're gonna we're gonna go out but we, we planted our church it was so small just a handful of people we were young we were babies and 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 we were broke man and had no money just nothing just trying to survive and so you know, in those early days, people invite you for Sunday dinner and we'd say yes to all of them. Yes. Today. Are we going today? You know, like right the second. I mean, we, we never turned anybody down. And so I never forget we were, we were pastoring the church. We were church about six months and new family moved in a precious family, a wonderful family, but you, they were just they were real extreme up from the North part of our country. Thank God for, for, I don't want to talk about where they were from in Rhode Island, but we'll just say that. And again, God bless Rhode Island. Wonderful people amazing but they were different than us and and so they we got to know him a little bit and so one day he stopped me and said won't you won't you come over for for lunch and and, and let's get to know when awesome when next sunday we're there we're gonna do it and so i saw him on wednesday night and he's like you you ready I was like, yeah, I'm ready, man. What you talking about? He's like, you better bring your appetite. Man, it goes everywhere I go. I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I, I get, you know how somebody kind of lets you know, you better be, it's going to be good. So, man, I'm, we get a little excited about it. So, Delenn and I go to church that Sunday morning, and, and, and he walks in. His wife's not with him. And I said, hey, good to see you. He's like, she's been cooking all weekend. <laughs> cooking all weekend. Just just going to be, I said, man, some, I ended church early. Amen. Glory to God. You, y'all d- dismiss going to the growth track. I'm going to eat. And so we, we get in the car, we run over there. We hurry in over there. We knock on the door. He opens the door. We step in and he says, you smell it? I don't, I don't smell nothing. I don't, I don't smell nothing at all. I don't smell nothing. And so we, he's like, well, just come on in. We visit. And he said, I didn't make any appetizers because we're going to load up. And I was like, oh, okay. I, 
I could have used some shrimp, but we're good. And, uh, and so we, we go into a little dining room, a little small dining room, like little tiny antique, like furniture, t- little tiny chairs. And I'm looking at that chair, and that chair is looking at me, and we're trying to come to an agreement, you know. Come on, somebody. You know what I'm talking about? You kind of, y- y'all got a metal chair? Y'all got a metal chair? You know, a little tiny little wood chair. And so, you know, I'm sitting down real gently, and we're just real calm. And he just says, well, hey, she's getting ready to come out. It's going to be, baby, come on out. Come on, bring it, bring it out. Come on. She opens up the door, just smiling. She got one platter of food. Y'all hear me in Oklahoma City? One platter of food. She sits it down. He says, dig in. I look on. There ain't nothing on there. It's like like eight peas, like a mushroom that's been like quartered, and like little baby chicken fingers. I'm talking about these chickens had baby hands. They had little tiny little fingers. What am I digging in on? What is this? It, 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 that's it. That's all. We, and so he said, well, you know, we, 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 we kind of cutting up our little mushroom, just little mushroom. And, and he's, you know, we eating. It's 10 seconds. We eating 10 seconds. And he's like, whoo, man, I am, I am full. I ain't. And so uh, he says, listen, we're we going to let the ladies go in the kitchen. They go clean up the dishes. They ain't even dirty. They're, put them back in the cupboard and reuse them. I ain't a stain on them. Come on. And then we go in the living room. He's like, man, I'm just, man, I'm so full. A nap going to sneak up on me. It ain't going to sneak up on me. We get done. We visit a little, hey, precious people, wonderful people. God be with them people. We, we love them. The Lord bless Rhode Island and be with them in Jesus' name. Help them, Lord. But we, we, go, to the, we go to the door and he's like, man, I know you've enjoyed yourself. We want to invite y'all back over next month. We ain't coming back over here. We, we, ain't nobody. Matter of fact, you quit the church. You go church somewhere else. God bless you. So we, we go to the car and we, we broke. We ain't got no money. We counting on lunch to carry us through dinner. Y'all know what I'm talking about? And we sit in the car and we look at each other about to cry. So what are we going to do? Delance like, I got $3. Let's go to Taco Bell. Come on, let's go. Let's make a run for the border right now. I tell you that story because so often in life, sometimes we look at God that way. We think that, that he ain't got nothing in his kitchen. He's out of forgiveness. He's out of mercy. He's out of grace. He's out of another chance. He's not going to help us. It's like the Lord has a shortage and that he, he don't have anything on his plate. And because of what we've done or because of what we've experienced or because of what we've been through or because of our failure or our challenge or, or our, our dynamic in our blended family or our situation with being single again or whatever it may be, so often if we're not careful, we have that type of attitude that the Lord has so little and there's not enough to go around. Not for my life, but I'm here to tell you that there's plenty to go around. God has enough for our lives. He has enough for the storm, for the struggle. He has enough for the poor and the broken. He has enough for us, and he has enough for us to be a blessing to someone else. I think that's what God wants to do. I love finding these windows in Scripture that we can look into and we can learn some things about the heart of God, about the nature of Jesus, about the truth, about our own life. One of those is in Mark chapter 6, verse 30 through 44. I want to read several, past, several scriptures to you this morning to encourage you around this idea that there's plenty. I love this story. It's, it's the story of Jesus feeding the 5,000. We've, we've heard it so many times, but, but I like this one in Mark. I think there's something special about the way that Mark tells us. 
says this in verse 30, the apostles gathered around Jesus and reported to him all that uh, they had done. They'd been out traveling, been out ministering. They came back and because so many people were coming and going, look what it says, that they did not even have a chance to eat. Just so busy. You know those days where you're so busy and the kids are going crazy and you don't have time for lunch or you're working hard and didn't even break for lunch or sometimes dinner gets real late. You're working into the night, working two jobs, handling stuff. You don't even have a chance to catch something in the morning. So they were in that situation. So he said to them, come with me by yourselves to a quiet place so that we can get some rest or refreshment so that we can pause and, and enjoy. So they went their way and they went with him into a boat to a solitary place. Then many saw them leaving and recognized them. And so the crowds knew that Jesus was a miracle worker, that, that God was doing things among them. And, and, and so they ran after him along the shoreline. It says they got there ahead of him. When Jesus landed, they saw a, loud, a large crowd. I, I love how the response of Jesus towards people. You always see this in scripture. His response is always this. He had compassion on them. Sometimes that's not our mindset, that when the Lord sees us, and he sees us in our situation or he sees us in the season that we're in or he sees us in our ups and our downs. That's not the first thing that we think he thinks about us. We sometimes don't think that's his first move towards us. Jesus always had that first move of compassion because they were like sheep without a shepherd. So he began teaching them many things. By this time, it was late in the day. Disciples came to him and said, this is a remote place. Look around, there's not a lot out here. Uh, it, it, it's already getting late. And, he, and they give Jesus some advice. He says, send the people away so they can go to the surrounding countryside and villages and buy themselves something to eat. So this is before the food truck. I mean, later on, God blessed us with the food truck, but this is before that took place. And so they were having to go there to the, so he says, we need to, the disciples are looking at the need. And they think we need to stop the meeting so, so they, can, they can go and get them something. They need to buy themselves something to eat. They need to go take care of themselves, handle uh, their, their need that, is, that, is, that they're having. And Jesus turns around and he says, uh, you give them something to eat. They said to him, that would take eight months of a man's wage. Are we to go and, and spend that so much on bread and give it to them? Ha, 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 ha. He says, well, how many loaves do you have? Go and see, check your inventory, assess what you have. And when they found out, they said, we only have five and two fish. Uh, in in the, the gospel of Luke, they said, we only have five loaves and a few fish. It's amazing sometimes when God puts something on our heart, we want to remind God how limited we have, our limited our situation is. It's like we want to make small of what we have. Like, like the Lord doesn't know what is in our inventory. And, um, and so I'll finish this reading. Then Jesus directed them to have all the people sit down in groups on the green grass. They sat down in groups of hundreds and fifties. So he organized them. I like that. He taking the five loaves and the two fish looking to heaven. It says, Jesus gave thanks, broke the loaves. And then he gave them to his disciples who didn't even want to be a part of this distribution. They weren't even down for this uh, uh, relay revelation. They had other ideas, but he still let them be a part. And he divided it. And he, he, everybody was a part. Everybody got to eat. They all ate, were satisfied. Look what the, the last little verse says. And the disciples picked up 12 baskets of broken pieces of bread and fish. 
Come on, there's more than enough. Can I have a good amen? I love so many things about this story. I think it's just an incredible display of God's grace, God's mercy, uh, of that he has plenty. There's more than enough. I love how he even kind of lets the disciples know, I know that you were doubting me. I know that, that you, you, you did not see the, that I could do a miracle, but I'm not only going to bless the people. I know how many people are here. I do. I mean, notes God does good math. Come on, somebody. If he knows the hairs on my head, which mine are changing daily, then he knows how many people sitting up on a field on some green grass. And so he, he knew exactly how many were there. So it's not like he overplanned or over bought. He just said, I'm going to, I'm going to feed everybody. I know exactly what everybody needs. I knew, I knew that to the degree of what they need, but that I'm going to provide more than enough that when you pick it up, it's just not a random set of baskets. It's 12 baskets and there are 12 disciples. Come on, somebody. God knows exactly what's going on. He can count well. He has good inventory and he's, he's making a point there that I am enough. I have plenty for you, I have plenty for others, and I'm going to bless you with even some more so that you can be a blessing to someone else. I'm, I'm going to fill up your baskets so that you can in turn relay it to someone else. I love this story. I, I think there are so many, there are so many stories, and, and we've been learning about it in this series. There are so many stories and lessons that Jesus teaches around meals and food. I think 16 times in the New Testament, Jesus has a meal with people, and they're long meals, and they're, they're meals where they talk and they ask questions, and he has meals with Pharisees and tax collectors and, and, and all kinds of different people. He, 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 he has these, these conversations. He brings his disciples on journeys when they, they you you have a meal with Jesus. And matter of fact, one scholar said that as you read the gospel, it's as if Jesus ate his way through the gospel. There was these, it started with a, at a wedding. It ended uh, at the Lord's table. He talks about the future will be uh, the marriage supper of the lamb. So these things are happening and there's truths and there's attitudes and there's things that we can learn in these moments. I wrote down a couple out of this moment because I think out of the story, I see a contrast. I see this, this conflicting, these two sides, these two different viewpoints of, 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 of how the disciples see what's going on and how God sees what's going on, how Jesus sees what's going on. Isn't it amazing? And aren't you grateful that God Almighty sees your life differently than you see it? I mean, isn't that what a parent does for a child? How many times have our children felt defeated? I had a conversation with my son years ago when he went through a transition playing football and it didn't work out, got injured and he's trying to sort through and, and his, 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 first sem his next semester of school didn't do too well. I remember him sitting in my truck. It was two in the morning. I was there at the college door right outside of his dorm and I remembered he just looked at me and just said, maybe I just lose at everything. I mean, I mean, it was a good dad wouldn't be like, yeah, I kind of see that too kind of feel that also how I many of us as a father you're like oh no you're not gonna say I bind that well I got I got full of the Holy Ghost. I bind the devil right now in Jesus name you are not a loser. you are the head not the tail greater is he boy I just praying over him talking to him why because I see some things about his life that he don't even see about his life it's a viewpoint of God and it's it, it's always it's always conflicting sometimes our limited viewpoint about ourselves, our family our past our present our future and we see this here, and I'll give you three on these. See the different, the attitudes of the disciples and the attitudes of Jesus. Here's the first one that I discover when I read this. 
there's the attitude to the human needs. Uh, the disciples uh, saw the need. How many know? So it, it's easy if we're not careful that to just focus on the problem and not focus on the solution. We live in a world like that. So people just point out a problem, point out a problem, point out a problem, and, and don't want to and don't want to come up with. Let's come up with a solution to that problem. So the disciples are pointing out the problem, and the, and the disciples know that it's a large crowd. It's late. It's everyone's tired. It's difficult. It's tough. So let someone else worry about this. They, they, they need to take care of themselves. Someone else needs to handle this. The disciple sees the same problem. Jesus sees the same problem, that there's a big crowd, that it's late, that they're tired, that it's difficult, that it's tough. But he doesn't say, let someone else do something about it. He says, we need to do something about it. That's the way Jesus sees things. Here's the prayer I wrote down in my journal just this week. Lord, help me to see the needs of humanity and not put the responsibility on someone else. But help me to see the needs of broken humanity and let me take them in. And don't let me be that person that, let, that says, let someone else worry about it. No, let me be concerned about it. And I love how Jesus, the disciple said, and we got a problem. And, and we need someone else to handle this problem because we leaving. We, and, and, and so we're going to leave. And Jesus says, nah, I think we're going to lean into this problem. Thank God for a church like People's Church that makes a decision that let's be a people of solutions. Let's, let's, let's create small groups. Let's create children's ministry and growth tracks and outreach and community moments like today where we can help solve some of the pain and some of the problem. Let's just not turn our back on someone that's fighting addiction. Let's tell someone that there's freedom in Jesus' name and that there's a group that can get around you and love you and walk with you. And thank God for churches that are deciding to be a part of the solution. Let me tell you something. It's easy to preach the problem. It's another whole world to serve the solutions. And that's what God's called us to do at People's Church. That's the kind of church that you're in. It's the kind of leader that you have. Second attitude we see right here is the, is the attitude uh, to our resources. I think that's it's pretty interesting here. What happens is um, uh, such a big difference. Uh, they say, hey, we, we, got a, we got a problem, man. There's a lot of people need to eat here, Jesus, so we need to send them away. We need to do something. He says, well, uh, what, what do you have? What, what do you mean what I have? We, we ain't got nothing. We can't, I can't make a difference to this, this situation. Uh, th there's no use. What, what I have is no use based on how big the need is. He says, well, what do you have? What do you got? And then they, you know, let's just start with what you got. Let's just start there. And, and can I tell you something? God wants to do the same in our life. You say, well, I don't have what the other person have. I don't have the education. I don't have the income. I don't have the affluence. I, I don't have the, uh, uh, the, the opportunity. And, and I don't have those things. But can I tell you something? You have something. And there's something about your life that can lift up somebody else. There's something about what you've walked through. There's, there's even something about the hurt that you've experienced that can help somebody else. 
there's something about the viewpoint that you have about education and about trouble and about season and about finances and about addiction or about family or about broken. There's, there's a viewpoint that you have that you've walked through, you've experienced that when you put it in circulation to be a blessing, it becomes somebody else's victory. That's why small groups are so important. That's why being a part of a team is so important. Because there's some things about, there's some things that you've walked through that you can help somebody else walk through things. You know, how important it is that you and I continue to get through what we're going through. Why? Because then we're going to help somebody else get through what they're going through. Whether that's poverty and it's depression, it's addiction, it's a family challenge, it's a pain. Jesus just looks at the disciples and says, what do you, let me start with what you have. And I believe it's the same in our life. He just says, let me, let me start with what you have. Let's just start there. And then the third thing that I think that we learn here in this, this attitude, uh, you know, it's the attitude to the human need. Let us see needs differently. The attitude of our resource, that our, our resource can make a difference in people's lives. It's amazing how we can give our tithe and our offerings. And then God turns it around and he impacts eternity with it. That's what the body of Christ does. But then that last thing, and we know this, it's the attitude that God has more than enough for us and others. God just has more than enough. So what does that mean? Then Lord, help me to take my time. Help me to take my talent. Help me to take, how about this, my timeline, how you've wired me, how you made me. Help me to take my treasures you've blessed me with. Help me to take that unique touch that I have in in the workplace, on the campus, and in the business sector, uh, in in, in, in public, whatever it may be, in that dynamic as a single mom or a a blended family. Help Help me to take that and then to put it in your hands. Because even though it may seem like a little, but in your hands, what is it? It's a lot. Because you have plenty. So help me to take what I have and put it in your hands and then watch you do more than I could ever imagine. Lord, let me live that life. Let me be that person. Let's be that church. Amen. I remember we were, we were building a church uh, in Louisiana after Hurricane Katrina. Boy, it was, tr- it, it was a struggle. So many, ch- so many moving parts. Oh, my goodness. We're trying to build this church, and, uh, and, and all, next thing you know, we, we, this, this happens. And now the, the bank is, is backing away because of the dynamics of the Gulf Coast. And, and our contractors now are re-looking at some of the pricing. And it was just so, you know, it, it's just like, how many of sometimes your issues got issues? Come on, somebody. I got multiple issues going on here. And not one thing. I got five people calling me needing something from me. Man, I sit in this meeting and the building had increased in size due to the, the population growth of Baton Rouge. And we've had to change some dynamics due to f- some of the flooding and the wetlands. And next thing I know, I'm sitting in a room and, and it's a, it, it already, the people have given. It's already a, 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 a very strong project for us as a people. Millions of dollars that we've given and we're built, we're about halfway through. The steel is up, but it's still a construction zone. I sit one day, they, the bankers come over. God 
bless them. And some of the engineers, contractors, got a few of our men there in the room. And, and we begin to talk about the challenge that's in front of us. Begin to talk about the needs that's in front of us. And I, I, I was needing the reality check. I was needing to hear those things. And, 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 but, but one of them just said, hey, I don't think we're going to be able to do this project. I, I really believe, but based on the need, it was a $7 million need that we needed right there over the next 12 months. Huge need. I remember sitting at that table and just, oh, man, the people have given, but since God is with us and we're, we're supposed to move forward, we're, we're supposed to, why? Create more space to do what? To reach more souls. We were having six or seven services in our front building. We were, we were strained. We were, we were strained. We needed this new space. And, and I remember sitting down there and one of those bankers looked at me and said, you need to stop this project. And we need to put a fence around that building and, and pause it for, for about two years. And I was just struck. Well, I got nauseated. I, I got lightheaded. And how many's ever felt panic and fear crawl up you like a spider? Come on, somebody. I could feel it crawling up me, fear and panic and doubt and unbelief. He looked at me and said, if you don't stop this project, you will regret it, Pastor. And I sat there and I just didn't know what. I was looking at the carpet because if I didn't focus at something, I was going to faint. Come on, somebody. I don't know if anybody got a faint spirit on them. I'll faint on you. I'll just. I'll go down on you. Man, I, as I was looking at the carpet, I heard in my spiritual ear, as clear as I'm, I'm standing here at People Church, I heard the Holy Spirit, God Almighty, His voice, the Word. I don't know what. I just heard in my spiritual I heard, don't make me small. He's talking to me at the end of the table. God bless him. And he was giving us the wisdom that he had. And it was like the Lord said me to a second time, do not make me small because if you make me small, you will regret it. And I had that choice. I remember sitting there. He said, you're going to go with him or you're going to go with me. And I realized that that man was smart and that man was talented and that man was doing all he could to help me and God bless him, but he has limitations. But I knew that I served a God that did not have limitations. He was more than enough and I didn't plan on making him small. How often in our life we face things and the world and the enemy of our soul says, God is not enough. Hey, let's, let's never make him small. And God helped us and we were able to supply and meet and people gave and gave over and above and we moved in that building. You know what's amazing? In the first year, 1,600 people were baptized in water. God moved in a great way, but it would have never happened if I didn't realize that, that God had plenty and that God was helping us. Can I encourage you today? Uh, that God is more than enough. I, I, just, I came to Oklahoma. I came to these campuses, Indiana. I came here to tell you that God is enough. Whatever you're facing, let's put it in his hands because he wants to bless you so that you can bless others.